0: The lesson from the Old Testament, Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you, our ancestors trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not human, scorned by others and despised by the people. All who see me mock at me. They make mouths at me. They shake their heads. Commit your cause to the Lord. Let him deliver. Let him rescue the one in whom he delights. Yet it was you who took me from the womb. You kept me safe on my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth, and since my mother bore me, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls encircle me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravering and roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My mouth is dried up like a pot shed and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs are all around me, a company of evildoers encircle me. My hands and feet have shriveled. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far away. O my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. From the horns of the wild oxen, you have rescued me. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nation. To him indeed shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn saying that he has done it. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. A few weeks ago, Megan Williams, our Candler intern, delivered a poignant message of times of difficulty, times of collective suffering and tragedy, of loss and abandonment, times of hopelessness and pain, of loneliness and frustration. When we find ourselves crying out to God, seeking answers in the wilderness. She shared the current status of this pandemic and how in these past two years, our lives have seemingly been railroaded, rerouted, reshaped, and for some perhaps renewed. How we as a people are needing to horn our survival skills amid a very real climate change, amid continued economic disparities, political rivalries, systemic racism, and a world system that seems propagated upon selfishness and greed. And yes, as Megan remarked, during this season of Lent, during this wilderness period, there is a lot weighing on our hearts and minds. The sermon text for Good Friday, Psalm 22, is a plea for deliverance from suffering and hostility. The first two verses of this psalm immediately captures the reader's attention as it addresses the creator saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me, from my words of groaning? My God, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. We see in these opening words the sufferings of Christ as he petitions God while hanging on the cross. A petition, a plea that depicts Christ fully human, experiencing the agonizing beginnings of his separation from God. Hanging on the cross, being lynched on a tree, pouring out his soul to God, we hear the plea, a plea that exemplifies a heart that only wants to please God, a heart that is dependent on God and yearns for the intimacy that exists in that connectedness. Jesus, the son of God, fully divine. Jesus, the son of humankind, fully human, had never been separated from God. And now we see Jesus the Christ being brutally subjected to the limitations of the flesh. Our human condition is one of dependency And I'll go as far as to say that all of creation is one of dependency. The world and everything in it as I see it is created to work together, to work in harmony. We are intertwined and interrelated in such intricacy that nothing and no one can survive without help from someone or somewhere. Psalm 121 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the Lord which made heaven and earth. Though we are created and we identify as individuals, we exist and we operate in community. And the acknowledgement of our relationship one with another and one with our Creator is a critical factor in how we live, how we move, and how we have our being. Relationships. Relationships. The relationship the petitioner Christ has with the Creator is heard in the next few verses of this Psalm as he makes this acknowledgement. Yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel, in you our ancestors trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Now even in the suffering and anguish of the petitioner, it does not change his confession of truth acknowledged here as to who God is. The petitioner seeks relief from his scourging torment, yet whether release is granted or not. God and God alone is to be honored. God is to be revered. God is to be praised. The suffering of the petition of Christ exudes graphic, descriptive language, leaving very little to one's imagination. Hear these words beginning in verse 12. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a revering and roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a pot shed and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the death of dust. For dogs encompass me and a company company of evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. Suffering, affliction, torment, adversity, misery, distress, pain. Adjectives that describe what Jesus experienced on the cross yet These adjectives also depict a very present condition. They describe what is happening in Ukraine now. For the past several weeks, the world has witnessed the hand of a Russian president blatantly exert his will over a people who are fighting to live in freedom. Millions have watched in horror As innocent lives are being snuffed out, literally slaughtered in the street, buildings bombed and crushed, people fleeing their country by the thousands as their peaceful way of living is ripped away and utterly destroyed. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? Can we not hear these cries today from people who are suffering at the hand of the oppressor? In the space of the wilderness, how does one acquire the footing necessary to navigate these spaces? The wilderness period in any of our lives heightens the opportunity for some assessment. In the wilderness period, we experience shifts and movements and changes, some of which one might have control over and some of which one does not have control. But in the space, Of the wilderness, you and you alone must determine how you will be in that space. What do we do in the space of the wilderness? Do we just throw up our hands and give up? Could there be an answer in this song? The good news is that God does not leave us to suffer pointlessly. Yes, the innocent suffer chapters 1 and 2 of the book of Job attest to that. But God can redeem that suffering. Our loving and merciful God has a perfect plan to use the suffering to accomplish God's purpose. God uses pain and suffering to draw us to God's self so that we will cling to God. Jesus says in this world you will have trouble. Trials and distress are a part of life. They are part of what it means to be human in a fallen world we are even birthed into this world through the mother's pain and distress but we know Christ's suffering on the cross brought salvation to humankind it is in these times of despair and sorrow that we reach out to God and if we are children of God we will always find God there waiting to comfort and uphold us. God's love is witnessed in the voice of seven-year-old Amelia, a little Ukrainian girl singing Let It Go from the movie Frozen as she hides in a makeshift bomb shelter or in the musicians seeing playing their instruments and sharing their talents and gifts in the streets and the subways of Ukraine. God's faithfulness is witnessed in the courageous ways in which the men of Ukraine are standing tall to defend their country. God's love is proven in the many ways that strangers have come to the aid of the Ukrainian people. But often in the midst of suffering, answers do not always come with swift recourse. On March 29, 2022, the Emmett anti-lynching act was signed into law by President Biden. The signing of this bill took place 67 years after the brutal murder of 14-year-old Emmett Till, a black child killed by a group of white men in Mississippi for allegedly whistling at a white woman. Vice President Harris remarked during the signing ceremony that anti-lynching legislation was first introduced in Congress in 1900. And since that time, anti-lynching legislation has come before the US Congress more than 200 times. She went on to say that lynching is not a relic of the past. Racial acts of terror still occur in our nation, and when they do, We must all have the courage to name it and hold the perpetrators accountable. Acts of terror still continue today, whether blatant or subliminal. The writings of liberationist theologian James H. Cone in his book, The Cross and the Lynching Tree, speaks to acts of terror, torment, and suffering. Cone draws obvious similarities between Jesus's death on the cross and the death of thousands of black men and women strung up to die on a lamppost or a tree. Cone reminds us that both acts are symbols of the death of the innocent, symbols of mob hysteria, of humiliation, of terror. Both acts reveal a thirst for life that refuses to let the worst determine our final and Both acts demonstrate that God can transform ugliness into beauty, into God's liberating presence. In Benjamin Taylor's review of Cone's book, he writes, the meaning of the cross in black and white experience is to neither easily forget the past nor easily move to the future. The cross offers us a place for openness and community a place where we can look back and mourn the past together as Christ mourns with us on the cross. But the cross is also a symbol of hope. The cross of Christ is sometimes hard to look at, not because of its darkness, but because of its light. Cone's book is an important book about one struggle to be both black and Christian in America. It is a call for hope and love as blacks and whites move forward dealing with the horror of the lynching tree. My friends, do not be afraid to sit in the space of Good Friday's wilderness. Do not be afraid to wrestle with the horrors of suffering, of torment, of adversity, of pain as Jesus took on the sin of the world suffered and died a cruel and horrible death we know that's not how the story ends in the name of the creator the redeemer and the holy spirit